This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hello and welcome to Ask the Squiz, our weekend stroll through the burning questions squizzes have about the 2022 election. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. Well, Claire, we are here. It's election day. After six weeks of campaigning, a bit over two years of a pandemic and a lot of ups and downs over the last term of government, it is time to decide who will represent us in the national parliament. It's a bit like Christmas morning, Larissa. (laughs) I can't wait to see how it all unfolds. And whatever your political persuasion, if you have one at all, uh, he's hoping you get that on-trend toy that you're really desperate for (laughs) and not some dodgy scented candle uh, that costs $1.99 at the local discount shop. Oh, those dodgy scented candles, they're the worst. (laughs) Of course, not everyone is going to get their selection, but it is a worthy sentiment as we kick off this edition of Ask the Squiz. Let's jump into it. We're going to keep the questions quick and snappy because there is some vital information about how to watch election night unfold tonight that we'll get to as well. Lauren lives in Moncrief. It's an electorate on the Gold Coast. It's always been a Liberal seat, but she wonders about some changes over the last three years. She says a lot of people have moved there in the last three years and she wonders really if it's as safe as it seems. Lauren, this is one of the reasons that I'm super pumped for election night because we'll get to see some of these things play out in real time in a way that we really haven't had any data on. Uh, Clearly some big changes have happened in many communities as a result of COVID. And as you say, uh, a lot of people have made some pretty big changes in their lives and moved somewhere amazing like the Goldie. Uh, the official stats say net interstate migration to Queensland in the year to June 2021 reached about 31,000 uh, and it's likely to be many more since then. So with new people in these communities, it could bring new voting trends. Let's just see if it has an impact. Yeah, when you think about it, it's the real-time aspect of all of this unfolding that's so fascinating. We're going to get a real snapshot of Australia after the disruption of the last couple of years in this election. Caitlin says she wants to graduate into voting below the line this year on the Senate ballot, but she wants to know where to find some info on all the different candidates. First, I think it's really important to say that I'm thrilled that I have a below-the-line <laughs> voting buddy. I thought you'd like this question. <laughs> <laughs> totally counting Caitlin as a convert. Uh, and she's right. If you're embarking on that journey, it takes a bit of prep uh, to do it in an informed way. Given it's election day and a good game's a quick game, uh, there's a good article that we've linked to in the Squiz Today newsletter. We did that yesterday. You can get a bit familiar with the many and varied minor parts parties that are standing for election, particularly in the Senate. I'll pop that link in your episode notes as well. But yeah, there are 1,624 candidates who will contest today's election. 421 of them are in the Senate and about 75% of those aren't from the major parties. So there's a lot to get across. 
I reckon a lot of people will be wondering this today as they ponder their voting materials standing in line. Jordan wants to know why the Labor Party uses the US spelling of Labor and takes out the U. I want to know this as well because I get stuck sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, fun fact, Labor is the oldest party in Australia. It was officially formed just after Federation in 1901 and, of course, it was based on the Labor movement, uh, as in working people banding together to advocate for better pay and working conditions. Historians say that Labor was spelt with and without a U up until 1918, and from there it was without that U. Uh, But it took decades for it to be widely accepted. Some people reckon it was King O'Malley who forced it through. He was a Labor MP who was born in the United States, and he was an advocate for spelling reform. If you've lived in Canberra, you might know who King O'Malley was. He had a key role in the selection and development of the nation's capital. But yeah, I feel you, Jordan. The spelling can really trip you up sometimes. But there's a bit of small talk for when you're in line waiting to cast your vote. Emma wants to know what happens next after the election from a procedural point of view. She says we hear a bit about Parliament being dissolved and the writs being issued, but not a lot about putting things back together again. I'm going to go very lightly on this because (laughs) it's election day and I don't need to be a Debbie Downer getting into the ins and outs of parliamentary procedure. (laughs) No, you really don't. (laughs) Uh, If there is a clear result, victory will be claimed by one major party and there'll be a concession from the other. There's no Donald Trump-style standoffs in the offing here. Mm. Uh, But if it's not clear and if there's negotiations to form government because it's not really clear... If anyone has a majority, things get a bit trickier. But putting that aside, the key thing to know here is that there's a return of the writs. Uh, What that means is 100 days from the issuing of the writs, which is the formal instructions that an election is based on, that process is closed and then Parliament has to sit within 30 days of that. So for this election, the writs will be returned on the 28th of June and the federal parliamentary show will get back on the road in July. Ministers, though, will be sworn in well before this, so there will be people running the country. We're going to see how that plays out. As for how the pieces are picked up again, department staff have been busy preparing a blue book for the coalition and a red book for the Labor Party that helps the incoming government get across what's what. Now, Elsie is staring down a real doomsday scenario. She asks, is it possible for Scott Morrison or Anthony Albanese to lose their seat, but for their party to still win the election? If so, who would be Prime Minister then? Yes, that could happen. It's up to the people of Cook and Grainler uh, to decide if those men have a future in politics mm-hmm. before we even get into what the rest of the country wants around who should lead the country. Uh, so say one of them loses and their party goes on to win government, that party would need to elect a new leader. Uh, that's essentially who the Prime Minister is. They're the leader of the political party who has the most seats in Parliament. It has never happened before, but you know what? You can never say never. All right, Claire, that's the question portion of this episode done. You've been on fire with the answers and a huge thank you for all the excellent questions over the last few weeks. We have had a ton of fun answering them. 
Speaking of fun, let's go through the TV coverage for election night. What are you going to be watching, Claire? Uh, everything. Uh, <laughs> what a surprise. I'll, be, I'll be surfing the TV coverage, the websites, uh, the Australian Electoral Commission virtual tally room. It's hard to go past, though, when you're looking at the TV coverage. Anthony Green mm. on election night on the ABC. He's just such a legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this year they have a new segment that's led by Insiders host David Spears where some really skilled pollsters and analysts are diving into the trends behind the swings. So I'm really looking forward to that. What about you? I'm a little bit the same, but I'm also keen to check out what devices the commercial networks use to make the whole show entertaining. I really missed the worm this year in the election (laughs) debates. I like a few bells and whistles. The couple to call out for me this year, Seven's coverage is led by Mark Riley and they have something they're calling the Screen of Dreams and the Panic Station. Channel 9 has the Decision Desk and they're promising rapid calls on where the vote is landing and Chris Yulman's leading that. So a few things to watch out for. Yeah, there's so much to get across. There sure is. I am going to pop a link to all the information about when and who is on all the broadcasts in the episode notes so you can also decide where you will be channel surfing. Claire, before we finish up, you told us yesterday that you're going to be sipping a Moscow mule as this unfolds in celebration of our vibrant democracy. Remind us, what goes into a Moscow mule? There's many versions of a Moscow mule. (laughs) I like mine with gin, fresh lime. It's got a dash of bitters and also ginger beer. Uh, You can do it with vodka, which might actually be more Russian when you think about it. Uh, (laughs) But you do you. Uh, I would invite you over, Larissa, but I'm not much fun, I have to say, (laughs) on election night. Lots of mumbling, not a lot of conversation. Uh, Have you made any selections for tonight? I can only imagine how focused you are on the coverage. (laughs) So uh, for me, I'm off the booze with a little bub on the way. So it'll be a sparkling water for me, unfortunately. Otherwise, (laughs) it for sure would have been a champagne and an expensive one at that. It has been a full on couple of weeks. Sure has. But we have gotten there, Claire. I think that wraps us up. Wherever and however you're voting, best wishes. Hopefully you have a good night ahead of you. It has really been a lot of fun to share this unfolding election campaign with you. Yeah, it sure has. It's been so enjoyable. Uh, thank you for all the great questions. It's so nice to hear from so many really engaged squizzes, uh, particularly on one of our favourite topics, and we've had a blast. And just a reminder that we will also have a special and last edition of Squiz the Election out on Monday morning, wrapping up the events of Election Day and its aftermath. And Claire, of course, if politics is your thing and you want more, there is our brand new Politics Today newsletter to get across. Yep. If this has really got your eye in and you're thinking that you want a bit more of this, we've got a really great newsletter out each morning. Just get you across the things that are good to know about where the day starts in politics. You can subscribe at politicstoday.com.au. Otherwise, I will put a link into your episode notes. Takes two seconds to get it in your inbox and it's there each weekday morning. That's all from us. Have a great election weekend. Listener.